over thousands of years, human beings have spent an inordinate amount of time working out how to kill one another. So it wasn't long before they had the idea of using drowning as a form of lethal punishment. And regardless of the beliefs of the medievals, it wasn't as pain-free or as instantaneous as they thought. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at execution by drowning during the Middle Ages. Welcome to Medieval Madness. Drowning has been used as a common method of execution across many civilizations. Early Britons used boggy marshland to drown prisoners. The Romans and the Byzantines used the penalty of the sack. They would sew the victim up in a leather sack with a variety of animals including a snake, a dog, a monkey, a chicken, and a rooster before tossing them into water. In the first century, the Roman historian Tacitus reported that the Germanic tribes drowned people accused of cowardice in wetlands, where they were held down under the water by piles of wood. In Anglo-Saxon times, women who were found guilty of theft were often drowned. During the Middle Ages, barons had drowning pits and gallows on their lands and were given the authority to use them for punishment. In 13th century England, anyone found guilty of murder on one of the king's ships would be strapped to their victim's body and tossed into the sea to drown. And the method wasn't just used in medieval Europe. Because it was considered sinful to spill royal blood, the Ottoman Empire used drowning as a manner of death for the execution of nobles. When a new sultan was chosen, his brothers would be executed to prevent any challenges to the throne and avoid civil wars. King Richard I, known as the Lionheart, passed the law during the Crusades, which meant that any soldier from the English army who killed one of his fellow fighters would be put to death by drowning. The holder of Baynard's Castle in London had the right to try criminals during the reign of King John. They were also awarded the privilege of drowning any traitors that were caught within their territory in the River Thames. In 1313, an appeal was made to the justices in Canterbury. The Prior of Christ Church had been obstructing the high road by raising a gutter which led from Dover Castle to Sandwich. Near to the seashore by a watermill, there was a stream called the Gessling. Prisoners who had been condemned to death were drowned there. Because of the obstruction caused by the Prior, they could no longer be executed in that way as there wasn't enough water to drown them in. Before this time, the bodies of the convicts would have floated down the stream to the river to be carried away, but this was no longer possible. Drowning. Just knowing that certain death is coming would be enough to terrify anybody. Almost anyone would feel panic as their mouth sinks beneath the water and they realize that they can no longer breathe. In most cases, as water is inhaled, the airway will close in a desperate attempt to prevent the water from entering the lungs. This is called a laryngospasm, when the vocal cords contract. It also happens when any foreign body is inhaled and is why we cough and say that something has gone down the wrong way. When underwater, voluntarily holding your breath will only last so long, perhaps even up to two minutes, but inevitably the need to take a breath will become overwhelming. As water floods in, the airway relaxes and with the oxygen supply completely cut off, the body enters a state of hypoxia and becomes unconscious. The lungs fill up and the victim finally dies. For those unfortunate enough to have suffered a non-fatal drowning, it is said to be an absolutely terrifying, and extremely agonizing experience. The Penalty of the Sack 
According to the 14th century judge and writer Johann van Buck, this form of execution had a revival in late medieval German society, especially in the Saxony area. It was thought of as a fitting punishment for parricide. The original Roman ritual had to be adapted though with the monkey being swapped for a cat, the rooster being omitted completely and the snake being replaced by a drawing of a snake, usually on paper and somewhat less terrifying. We can only assume that monkeys were particularly hard to come by in the Roman Empire, as were snakes it would seem. The leather sack was also substituted for a linen one, the idea being that linen absorbs water easily so the prisoner would drown. A watertight leather sack would cause death by suffocation rather than drowning and thereby prolong the execution. On one occasion at Dresden, a man who had killed his mother was placed into a leather sack with a dog and a cat. The idea was to suffocate the prisoner rather than drown him, so the sack was coated in pitch to make it airtight. However, the sack was much too small and on being thrown from the bridge, it burst open when it hit the water. The cat and dog swam to safety and survived, but the felon, who we can assume was tied hand and foot, was drowned. Although it was not in the way that his punishers had intended, the murderer had received his death penalty. And fortunately, the innocent animals escaped. What a way to go. George Plantagenet, the first Duke of Clarence, was born at Dublin, Ireland in 1449. He was the son of Richard, Duke of York and Cecily Neville. The couple had been married 10 years when George was born and he was their ninth child. George's brothers were the English Yorkist kings, Edward IV and Richard III. So it was inevitable that he would become caught up in the struggle known as the Wars of the Roses. At the time of his birth, George's father, the Duke of York, had begun to challenge the Lancastrian king, Henry VI, for the crown. The Duke died along with George's oldest brother, Edmund, in 1460 at the Battle of Wakefield and George was sent into exile in Burgundy, France, with his little brother, Richard. Now their brother, Edward, was the eldest and after the Battle of Towton in 1461, he deposed King Henry and took the throne, making himself the first Yorkist king. Because Edward was just 18 and still unmarried, this made the 11-year-old George heir to the English throne, and he became the Duke of Clarence. Things remained that way for the next nine years, and George vigorously supported his brother, King Edward. But when his father-in-law, the Earl of Warwick, who was known as the Kingmaker, promised to replace Edward by putting George on the throne, George turned against his brother. But life on the Lancastrian side of the fence wasn't all George hoped it would be. It became obvious to George that Neville was more concerned with serving his own interests, so George reconciled with his brothers. After the death of his wife, George's mental health deteriorated and he became involved in yet another plot against his brother, the King. Now, Edward had no choice but to arrest George. He was tried, convicted and sentenced to death for unnatural, loathly treasons. In 1478, aged 28, he was given a private execution at the Tower of London. It is thought that George was given a choice of execution and he chose, of all things, to be drowned in a vat of Malmsey wine. It could actually be that King Edward chose this form of execution himself because after condemning his own brother, he didn't want to spill royal blood. Either way, George was picked up and then dunked into a barrel of the sweet Greek wine and forcibly held under until he drowned. Today, a butt of wine measures 477 liters or 105 gallons, which is certainly big enough to drown a man. A portrait of George's daughter, Margaret Pohl, does exist, 
and shows her wearing a bracelet which has a tiny barrel charm, perhaps alluding to the death of her father. Gallo and Pitt During the Middle Ages in Scotland, judges directed justice from court hills. Buildings would have been hard to come by in ancient times, so a hill or mound would have been used as a meeting place for outdoor gatherings. In Britain during the early Middle Ages, these hills were known as moots or meetings. It was a place where announcements would be made and the locals could settle disputes. Most of these moot hills were naturally occurring, although some had been purpose-built, perhaps years before as burial mounds. As feudalism was brought into England and Scotland, baronies were introduced. Feudalism was an arrangement of the economic, military, legal and cultural practices that prospered in medieval Europe. It was based on the relationship of vassal to lord, typified by the deference paid by tenants in labour or service to their landholder. A barony was an area of land given by the king to a tenant or baron. The baron was given the power to hold court and try both civil and criminal cases. But what was to be done with those wretches who committed murder, rape, arson, robbery with violence, and treason? Decisions needed to be made on how to deal with convicted criminals. For men, hanging was the obvious solution, but the execution of women had to be handled differently. Drowning Pools In Scotland, King Malcolm III ruled for 35 years during the 11th century. He was later nicknamed Malcolm Canmore, which meant Big Head, or more politely, Great Chief. King Malcolm decided at a parliamentary meeting at Forfar in 1057 that every baron needed to erect a gallows for the execution of male offenders, and dig a well or pit for the drowning of females. Because of this, many gallows were built near to moot hills, and within close proximity to ponds and locks, but a pit would be dug if there was no water nearby. It is unknown as to why men and women were treated differently. It could have been due to the medieval sense of decency. It was considered to be unacceptable for women to be executed in a violent way. The fact that some men were sentenced to death by drowning, as a favour by the crown, shows that it was considered a more dignified, humane, and pain-free way of dying. Mugdock Castle in East Dunbartonshire was the centre of administration for the lands of Mugdock. It belonged to the Clan Graham from the mid-13th century. Trials would have taken place in the court hall of the castle, which also housed the jail, or at the nearby Moot Hill. Any women found guilty of a capital crime would have been taken down to Gallow Hill. There, they would be lowered into the cold, dark water of the drowning pool, in the shadow of the looming gallows above. Skeletons of the executed have been found here. Condemned women with their hands tied would be made to climb down a ladder into the water before the ladder was pulled up. The victim might be forced to tread water until hypothermia or exhaustion took over, and they would slip beneath the surface. The practice might be different at another barony. There, the prisoner might find herself being bound hand and foot before being thrown into the water, and if she floated to the surface, held under with a piece of wood so that she drowned more quickly. In Scotland, the use of the death penalty had become all but obsolete. Even before the right of high justice was removed from the barons in 1747, but the practice of execution by drowning continued on the continent up until 1793. However, water did play a huge part in the swimming and murder of so-called witches during the European witch hunts, which reached their peak in the 17th century. Thank you for watching this episode of Medieval Madness. 
Please do subscribe if you're enjoying these videos. And as always, I hope you have an awesome week. Cheers.